Hi, welcome to the third episode of That Trip Didn't Suck. I'm Amy. And I'm Christy. And we just left off with a trip to Alaska in, was it 2008, 2007? So we were going to move forward a year. So Christy and I have become friends at this point. And we decided then to take an epic, or I call it epic, three and a half week trip to the East Coast. So thanks for joining us today, and we're going to have some really crazy stories over the next couple episodes we think you'll enjoy. All right, for this East Coast trip, it's actually going to span, we're guessing somewhere around like two or three episodes, um, just because it took so long. But uh, every trip... Um, every episode we've decided to name something from the trip. So this episode we've decided to name when you fall out with that accent. And we'll explain that here in a few minutes, but, um, I'll have Christy start talking about just kind of why we started this trip, where we were going and, um, why we, you know, we're deciding to spend so many weeks together in a small Volkswagen Beetle. Well, I still ask myself that question. <sighs> You're right. I don't know why we decided to spend so many weeks together. But before we went, um, we decided to take Amy's, let's talk about your bug first. My bug? Okay. We decided to take her VW bug, which was um, black, just to give you an idea. And his name was? Darth. Darth, like Darth Vader, yeah. right? Like yes. the helmet. Yes. So um, Amy has enough farm girl in her that when we decided to take the bug, we somehow pulled the back seat out. We cut something. We cut a bolt. I cut a bolt. Yeah, the actual bolt. <laughs> that held the back seat in so that we'd have more room and we could put the seat down. And the other thing is my Volkswagen was a diesel. And there's going to be a lot of stories over the f next couple of years that involve this car. But here's what you need to know about it. Um, so my dad's a farmer. And it, my dad should have been an engineer. But he, what he does is he makes his own biodiesel out of used cooking grease. Like French fry oil. That yeah. Kind of stuff. And so on this trip... Um, Actually, in 2008, diesel was almost $5 a gallon in some places out east. And so what my dad did is he goes, oh, you're going on this trip. And he um, said, here, take some biodiesel. And then he even, I'm not even kidding you, he makes this rack for the back of my car. It was like a wooden tray that hung off the very yeah. back. And so we took with us um, somewhere around 30... Was it four, six, so six, seven, yeah, 30 gallons worth of used cooking oil. They were these big, huge containers that said. They were like five-gallon They said something on them they that said, said like, you, yeah, cooking you, oil. Cooking oil, yeah. And what you do, so um, when, just so those of you who aren't aware, what you do is you take this four or five-gallon worth of. of um, used oil. Used oil, and you, you put it in when you fill up your tank with diesel. And so it saved, honestly, like if you do the math on that, I mean, it saved us somewhere between $100 and $200. Really not that much in the whole scheme of things, but we thought we were really cool doing it. Let's be honest. Oh, it was. $100 to $200 is not that much money. Well, you know, when you're a poor teacher, I don't know. But anyway, so we take this with us, and um, you just need to know that for the context of the fact that we're in this tiny bug. We fill up the entire back with our camping supplies. Well, yeah, we never said that part. We cut the bolt. So we could fill up the entire back with giant Rubbermaids full of food and camping supplies. Yeah. After the bug was packed, um, we ended up, we took it to um, a place in Tennessee. We actually, Amy and I worked with the youth then at our church. 
And so we took the youth on a mission trip in Tennessee. So somebody else drove the church van and we camped in Tennessee for a week and, and worked in a woman's house. Um, so we have been camping outside already. But one of the highlights of that trip is, well, we thought it was going to be a highlight, <laughs> is we got to go whitewater rafting. We went on the Okoe River, which is where the Olympics was. They I don't did, know, the yeah. last time it was in the U.S. I think that's where they filmed Deliverance as well. It felt like it. Yeah. So when we got there, um, the man that was briefing us starts out, and we're in Tennessee, but this guy had an accent. Mm-hmm. And he started out and he said, when you fall out, and I kind of looked at Amy, and then he said it again really loud. When you fall out, do not even try to swim back to this boat. You will not make it. And I kind of looked at her, and I said, what in the world have you're we like, gotten ourselves like, into? You're like, when? When? That yeah, means we're going to we fall, fall out. out. And then I looked at her, and I said, can we just send the kids? Do we have to go with them? Because we're the adults with these teenagers yeah. basically. and they're telling us about the different classes and they're like well the, the first thing you go down is going to be a class four and i'm like uh, i'm pretty sure i'm going to die uh, i can promise you i don't ever care to whitewater raft again in my life what's I, funny is most people really like it yeah i don't but something about it for me just created intense panic mm-hmm. and if you've ever gone you're basically holding on with your toes Literally, your toes is what you're holding on to. Yeah, but you weren't in the front. I was in the front with one of our kids. We have a picture. I'm not kidding you. I have a picture with Katie and I's legs straight mm-hmm. up in the air. Yeah, and about halfway through, I was like, I just want my mom. Can you let me off on the side and I'll walk the rest of the way? But we uh, we did not tip. Our mm-hmm. other kids did for yeah, they fun. Did. Their guide tipped them yeah. somewhere in a safe area. But it was an adventure. I'm glad there are pictures I will never do it again. Although most people. Yeah. And I'm a daredevil and I like doing everything to try everything once, but that's something that's one and done for sure. So we survived this whitewater rafting and uh, one of our guides for the week um, for the, for the youth trip, um, he decided one day to take us on kind of an outdoor excursion because Tennessee's just gorgeous. And he took us to this place called Ozone Falls um, where we got to kind of hike back to this really beautiful waterfall. And do we get to swim in? We swam underneath it. Remember there was a snake. Everybody had to oh, get gosh. out. Oh gosh, there was a water moccasin. He started screaming. Yeah, he was screaming. He's like, everybody get out of the water. It was a tiny, tiny snake. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought there was a shark in the water, but... Anyway, he was our hero. He was. <laughs> but then afterward, I I really think this was a, a, a unique thing to be able to do. And he didn't let the younger kids do that. I don't know if you remember, but he said, um, adults, if you want to hike up with me. So we hiked up to the top of the waterfall. And he said, the water is running um, slow enough right now that if you want to get on all fours and crawl out basically in the river, you can look down over the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being very scared. Were you? Uh, not, Probably not. Not really. <laughs> but that was one of those moments that I told myself, you'll never get the opportunity to be laying in the middle of the waterfall, looking down again. Yeah. You're going to do this, even if you're afraid. Now looking back as I'm older, that was probably a really dumb thing to do. I, I, was, I was more worried. I was less worried about falling over as opposed to, Growing up on the farm and being out in the country, I was always afraid, like, cliffs would fall off. 
because that's what happens. Very so, irrational. I know. Fear. But I mean, I wasn't sitting there irrationally thinking, oh, man, I'm going to die. But it was it was like Christy said, it was really cool. Like my only regret on that is just that I didn't take any pictures. Well, at the time, we didn't have the right technology. No, that's true. But it is a really fun story to tell my students, too, that I laid in a waterfall and looked over. Yeah. After the youth trip, the other adults with us took the church van full of children home, which I remember was nice after camping a week with them. It was. They were naughty. <laughs> and then um, we headed to, Amy and I got in Darth and headed to Nashville, where my sister lived at the time. And we spent one or two nights there kind of resting up. And we did get to go, both went to our first honky-tonk in downtown Nashville and got to see some of the sights there. And we took off from there for the real part of our trip. And we sort of neglected to say it earlier, but Amy and I had come together and decided that we both were, what, around 20 states short Mm -hmm. of being to all 50. Because I'd already been to all the ones out west, and you had two at that mm -hmm. point. And so our conversation was, could we put together a trip in a decent amount of time, and could we afford to go and to hit every state that we've missed? We were both under 30 at the time, mm -hmm. so the goal was kind of to get to all 50 states um, before we turned 30. And Wisconsin was going to be your last state. Right. And my last one was, I think, New York. Well, Your last my last day was Hawaii, but Hawaii in the future. But in this trip, trip, in this trip, I think New York ends up being my 49th state. But that ended up being the point of us going. So, so that was sort of our initial goal. And we really didn't have much of a plan at the time. Google really wasn't a thing. Um, Pre-Google. I know. That's scary. We had a real atlas in the car. We had an atlas and we had all those. Remember your AAA member? Yes. And we had tons of AAA books. Oh one for gosh. every state. I know. And I think we ended up going to 23 states, I think. Yeah. So we had that many books. Well, and we had campground books somehow. That's we what I mean. Gotten to, from well, AAA. No. We, well, I'd gotten some other ones too, like a KOA campground trip. So we were, every morning, whoever wasn't driving was covered in these books. Papers. And we would start out, Calling. this isn't really getting ahead of ourselves, but we would no. start out and say, okay, how far are we going to make it to tonight? And you start calling and make a reservation and tell them we'll probably be in late. And we had to make that spot every night then, no matter what. Sometimes we got in really late at night. I know. We literally winged this entire trip. We did. And it turned out okay. It which did. Which was surprising. I know. But uh, it's going to be, you'll hear a story a little bit later on that, it might be a good thing that we sort of winged what we were doing because had we had an itinerary, we might have been in trouble. Yeah, we would have. Okay, ready to go. So we get on the road from Nashville and um, like Christy and I were saying earlier, we used an atlas instead of Google. And we kind of made this decision, like, if we're going to visit all these states, we really should try and do something other than just go to the bathroom at a gas station. And so we're looking at the Atlas, and we notice in just, just over the border into Alabama is um, this little national park called Russell Cave. And we are like, hey, this could be interesting. Let's go ahead and go. So we put in the coordinates. Um, oh, wait. What? I had one of the original old school GPS's for your car. 
It was huge. Remember? Is that the one you named Little Miss Know-It-All? Her name was Little Miss Know-It-All. I forgot to mention her. Oh, yeah. So we really didn't have Google, but we did have her. And we referred to her as a her and talked about her like she was real. Mm -hmm. We weren't very nice to her when she got us lost. No, we cussed her out. Um, (laughs) I threatened to throw her out the window many times. But truly, I don't think we could have done the trip without her. So That's true. Sorry, we left that part off. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. But So we plug it into Little Miss Know-It-All. Um, we start following directions like most people do with a GPS and we get off the interstate and all of a sudden it turns into just kind of these back roads and then the back roads turn into gravel roads and all this, we're from Missouri. We can do gravel roads. It's no big deal, but at the same time, we're still, both of us are still kind of questioning, like, does Little Miss know it all really know where she's going? And is there really some sort of national park or area yeah, off that's, this road? Yeah, that's off a gravel road. So we're taking Darth up the gravel road, and, I mean, it's literally winding up a mountain at this point and then back down. We pull into the national park, and I'm not kidding you, the rangers, we, we pull out, we, we, we drive in, and they're laughing at us. And it kind of took us a second, but we had a quick conversation, and they said, oh, you know, so... uh Where'd you guys come in from? And we said, oh, we got off the interstate back uh, there. Off that mountain? Yeah. We said, we just went way up that mountain and came way back down. And they're just dying laughing. And they're like, um, you could just have taken that road out there. And we're like, and they said, did you follow a GPS? <laughs> yeah. And we said, yes. And they said, well, that was your problem. Look, the road goes right there to the highway. Yeah. But he, I mean, it was probably a good 20 minute detour. Oh, Up for the sure. mountain at least mm-hmm. and back. And they were, you say dirt roads, but in my mind, they were gravel roads. almost like single lane gravel roads they were. going up. They were. I wasn't scared. Though. And a little bug. <laughs> so we get to this cave and... And our tour guide's name was Antoine. And he was awesome. And uh, it was just the two of us. He took us around the cave. We um, were like a personal tour. Yeah. He showed us, told us the history about it. And on our way out, we decided like typical tourists, like, hey, we'll check out the gift shop. And at this point, and it's kind of important just to mention this, though, that um, I I picked up this little thing that said passport on it, and and I just asked the the rangers, I said, what is this? And they said, oh, it's a, a national, park's pass, national park's passport. And what you do is every time you go to a national park, you get a stamp, like you stamp. Like a real passport, yeah. but you collect these stamps from these parks. So we each bought one, mm-hmm. and from there, our national parks journey began. And at the same time, though, we also used that little book that we bought be- to plan the rest of our East Coast trip because we realized, oh, there were all these places we could stop along the way. And um, that that kind of made it fun, too. We loaded back up in the bug and headed out to the highway the easy way. We didn't go up the mountain and back again. That's right, no gravel. And made it to our campsite for the night, and I remember Amy went on a run, and I went to set up the tent and realized that we were missing the fly for the tent. I didn't even know what a rain fly was. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's almost like a separate little tarp that hooks to the top of the tent. So when Amy got back, I tried to explain to her we didn't have it, I left it at home, she didn't really know what that was, which was weird because we had already camped in Alaska. So it's like the entire time you didn't help me set the tent up. No, I just didn't pay attention to what it was called. Okay. Well, anyway, so <clears throat> we camped that night without a fly, but we knew that um, if we were camping as long as we had planned, we would need a new tent. 
So the next day we got up and we went through, we drove through the Smoky Mountains, spent some time there. Mm-hmm. We did not see any bears, Mm-mm. which is kind of weird because a lot of people do. Yeah, we stopped a couple times too. But um, we got on the other side of the Smoky Mountains and happened upon a Coleman store. Coleman Outlet. Which is what my first tent was and a lot of my camping supplies. So I found a really nice tent. Um, and for me, on my budget at the time, it was a pretty expensive tent. I was really excited about that. And if you'll remember earlier, we mentioned that Amy's dad had built a tray on the back of her car to hold that biodiesel. Mm-hmm. So the car was filling up quickly. So Amy took the tent we that I had just bought that was still in the box. Mm-hmm. And the old tent that was missing the fly. And, and the old tent and folded it up and put both of them on that back tray. I bungee. I bungeed them on there. With bungee cords. Yes. So she thought she was being really smart because we were saving room and we were drying that first tent was part of it. Mm-hmm. So anyone to pick up from there? Yeah, I was on the phone with my parents. We got on the interstate somewhere in Tennessee, North Carolina. We're in North Carolina. Yeah, and I'm talking to my parents and all of a sudden I look in the rearview mirror I was bragging to my dad, actually. I was like, Dad, guess what? Christy just bought a tent. I bungee corded it on the tray that you built. Because if you know anything about a farmer, you know that bungee cords are an essential. And I'm not kidding you. I look back, situational irony, and I said, oh my gosh, I gotta go. And we look back, and all the all the tent and the tent parts were all over I the interstate. I just saw my old tent because we had just folded it. It was just flew up in the air. And they were bouncing down the interstate. And I saw the box go rolling. Yeah. So we went off the nearest exit as soon as we could. We circled around. And for the next hour, we went back and forth on the interstate. We, we searched, walked up and down. Yeah. Walked up and down. Looked up and down the hills. The only thing that we found was the mat that we used to put our shoes on. It was like a bath mat. And the bungee cords that I had purchased at Dollar General. So the moral of the story is, well, there's many of them, but the main one is don't buy bungee cords at Dollar General. Yeah, buy the expensive ones. It's like toilet paper. you got to buy the best. Or not even expensive, just regular priced ones would have worked probably. Uh Probably. So our assumption is that someone saw them fly off did not realize we were turning around because we did go to the next exit because mm-hmm. you couldn't turn around and probably just took them. Yeah, so someone in North Carolina or Tennessee has a really nice $94 Coleman tent. Needless to say, we refer to that day as the day that was two tents because in a matter of, what, an hour or so, or I owned two tents and then both of them were gone and we were left with nothing. Yeah. It made the situation tense, that's for sure. After the great tent search of 2008, you can imagine what my mood was. There was no talking. (laughs) Which is what I, because I can talk to a wall normally, so if I'm really angry, there is no talking. So we eventually got to where we were going to camp, and we needed another tent. This part still amazes me. I'm not sure why, but for some reason, I bought the next tent also. You didn't ask me to buy it. 
But still, I think back to that. I think that's just because we weren't as good of friends. Because now, oh no way would I be buying. I know I would be another buying another one. Well, not only that, but we bought like the smallest, cheapest uh, one. We from... no. Oh, me. you sorry, you bought the so, smallest, cheapest one from Kmart. By this point, I said, "Yep, we're going to Kmart, <sighs> and I'm buying something cheap." This is a three-person tent, and anybody who knows anything about camping knows that a three-person tent is really a one and a half-person yeah, tent. Yeah, one point five. And we spent a lot of nights in that one point five because yes. I had had enough. Anyway, so I did buy us, I bought us another tent, and that night was pretty tense, and so we ended up going, do you remember it was a little local theater yeah, that was tiny. playing Hancock with Will Smith, so we went to see the movie. It was a good way not to talk to your friend. Yes, a good way to calm down before we slept in the <laughs> tiny tent. The next day we drove, we drove a lot in North Carolina. It is a big state. It's actually bigger than you think. It's really wide if you look at it on the map. But we made it to Asheville. Mm-hmm. Went to the Biltmore. Which is what? Oh, a really big house. Well, but that's, <laughs> that's an understatement. It is. It's huge. And if you do go to Asheville, it's totally worth the money. Um, I think it's the largest residency in the U.S. Is that It was they, at, the time. at the time. I would assume it's one of them still. Yeah, I think so. I would not recommend going in the dead of summer because, remember, there's, there's no, no air, air conditioning, conditioning at yeah, all. Yeah, it's hot. And they give you a big, huge walking tour, and uh, there's beautiful gardens. Oh, yeah. You could spend a long time there. We spend a majority. Of the day there, yeah. Yes. And then... Um, this is the only state that we shortchanged, but we needed to dip into South Carolina, remember? What did we do And there, there was nothing. Oh, there was nothing, yeah. Nothing close for us to do. There was a Dollar General, though. So in Amy Sampson fashion, we found a Dollar General. <laughs> that was the only thing off the side of the road. And Give I me think, a break. I think we seriously just went in and bought something and used the bathroom. Yeah. And that's pretty much... That's the only state that I really need to go back and do something yeah. in because it feels very, very cheap. After Asheville, the next morning, we decided to head out towards the Outer Banks. And Outer Banks are gorgeous if you've never been there. And that's still part of North Carolina. Yeah. And we visited Roanoke Island, Kitty Hawk, um, Hatteras and Bodie Lighthouses, and... We had somewhere in that day, we'd made a reservation to stay at this place called Ocean Waves Campground, which was basically on the ocean. It was a really ghetto campground. Do you remember? No. It was. <laughs> I don't remember that part. It was very ghetto. But that night we had decided that we were going to drive as far as we could um, to the Ocracoke, which we had to take. Is that wrong? You're shaking your head. What did well, we do? we had to take a ferry. We ferried your car to Ocracoke. Oh, that's true. So you... Yeah, well, we, but, we couldn't drive there. Well, we drove to, as far as we could drive, then we got on a ferry. And whatever. That's kind of common sense. <laughs> Shut <I'm> up. Sorry. <laughs> but What's we had Coke known for, do you remember? Crabs. <laughs> that is not at all what I I don't thinking. know. It was the, <laughs> it was the home of Blackbeard, the pirate. Oh, yeah, you're right. And, I forgot about and that. And crabs, too. And crabs, <laughs> which we'll get there in a minute. Maybe crabs is like their mascot. It I probably know. is. The Our... crabs. <laughs> Well, oh my. Okay. Try doing a podcast with someone with ADD. I, I challenge you. <laughs> I'm on track. So we ferried to Ocracoke. And we had heard at the end of Ocracoke, so there's like this 12, you get off and there's nothing there. It, yeah, it's well, dark. It was somewhere it's, around 10 miles And it's long. kind of freakishly dark, if mm -hmm. you remember that. Well, there's, there's, not, there's no lights. lights yeah. And so we take this, I think it's around 12 miles to the end, and we had heard or read, I mean, who knows, it was probably in one of my stupid AAA books, that there's shaved ice 
at the end of the road. I mean, this is like in, in the a bus. In it a was bus. like kind of a food truck type thing. So we go to the inn. We end up in Ocracoke or whatever little town was there. And we did find the shaved ice. It was more, it was and awful. And there were though. horrific bugs that were biting us, <laughs> to be awful. honest. It wasn't this um, really pleasant sunset no. adventure like we wanted it to no. be. No. But we had our shaved ice. We turned around. And when we came back, though, no, I'm remembering this we wrong. We ferried back to the mainland. No, the crabs were on that island. Uh-uh. They weren't? No. Oh. And then the crabs were from the ferry back to our campground. I was driving. <laughs> and it was, very, like you said, really dark. There weren't a lot of things around. And there were just kamikaze crabs in the road. And we figured out later it's because the road stays warm or whatever. Yeah. The temperature change at night. It was just constant. But they were everywhere. Yeah. And I could not avoid hitting them. It so was... as I'm driving, we're like yelling, no, no, don't do it, yes. little buddy, no, yeah. no. And you couldn't, you couldn't possibly swerve around them. And so we took out a lot, a large population. I mean, it's like in the crab. mid, it's like in the Midwest when you're in the summer, when you just, you can't, you hit every bug. Yeah. It's, it was worse except than that. It's worse than it was that. disturbing. Yeah. And in that night, that campground. Oh gosh. That, at the time, um, the Outer Banks are these little bitty islands, essentially, that are on the edge of North Carolina. And we were excited that we're like, oh, we're spending the night near, right near the ocean. Beautiful, pi- picturesque, yeah. you know. Yeah. And instead, it was hot, muggy, buggy. We, well, we woke up the next morning, and the tent was sweating, and we were sweating. Yes, and, and we I remember miserable. I tried to stick my head out of the tent <laughs> in the middle of the night because it was so hot, and then it was just I got sand in the tent, and so. We should have just stayed in a hotel that night. Yeah, on a commercial that would look really nice, but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the best night's sleep. No. The next morning, we, like we said, we woke up and the tent was gross and sandy. We did the best that we could to pack it up, but that's the worst feeling when you have to pack up your stuff and you know it's dirty. And we took off. We spent um, a lot of the day driving. We ended up in Virginia. Um, but before we stopped for the night, we did spend some time in Yorktown and Jamestown. And we saw the Chesapeake Bridge, which was a pretty amazing sight. Mm-hmm. But the story that I want to tell happened in the campground. We made it to Shannon. We were right outside Shenandoah, Virginia. It was beautiful. It was. Tell me about our neighbors. Uh, well, when we pulled in... We pulled into camp and obviously set things up. And actually, it wasn't in the dark for once. Um, Christy and I set up camp a lot in the dark. But we meet, you know, often when you, you pull into camping, um, you meet your neighbors just for one reason or the other. And we just kind of started up a conversation. I don't even remember what it was. And these neighbors were definitely locals mm-hmm. who had set up shop for a while. Yeah, they were remember, there. Remember, they had all kinds of stuff. Yes. Everything. They even had a golf cart or something. Yeah. But some of the kids were, they were loud. But very, they very had nice. really thick accents. Yes. Like I've never heard in real life. Yeah. Country sounding mm-hmm. accents. They're very, very kind though. They're really fun. And uh, so like some of our stories have already begun. Um, I was in the car talking to my parents. I feel like I should stop talking to my parents on these trips. Something bad always happens. And I had put on a headlamp. If you don't know what that is, it's a little light that you wear around your forehead. They're really handy when you're camping. It was starting to get dark. It wasn't dark yet. But I had my headlamp on and had the hatchback of the car open. I was leaned down, um, rummaging around looking for something. And I felt, and there had been these um, June bugs mm-hmm. and bugs like that. And I felt something kind of um, in my shirt 
up on the top of my chest and I just went to swipe it away and um, smack it away and it ended up being not a June bug and it stung me and it hurt and I looked down to see it it was a big giant hornet um, unlike any hornet I have seen it was huge and so I started telling Amy it hurts. And I, I have to hang up for my parents I started again. Because what if I'm allergic? Because that's where my brain goes quickly. And, oh, I remember this now. We had laundry going down in the laundromat. Mm-hmm. Down, just down in the campground. Down the hill. And we went and I called my mom and said, what do I do? It hurts so bad. And she said, well, you need to find baking soda, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it would be. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we didn't have any. So when we came back up to the campground, I went over to these people, to the neighbors met. that appeared to have everything possible. And it was the woman and I had my headlamp on still. And I just said, um, I got stung pretty good by a hornet. It really hurts. Do you guys have any, what I say? Baking, baking soda. I always say powder, baking soda. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she goes, hold on. She turned <laughs> really loud and she goes, Christopher. Come over here and bring your chew. <laughs> and I just panicked. Well, we didn't know what to think because we're like, is this real life? Is she really being helpful or not? Yes. <laughs> and so he comes up. I don't know if you remember. He was a huge dude. Yeah. very Super tall. And we're standing kind of the three of us just in a circle. And he said, well, what happened, darling, or something yeah. like that. And I said, well, I got stung by a hornet, and it hurts really bad. I was wondering if you had, you know, some, what is it? Baking, Baking soda, soda that I could put on it. And he's like, well, let me see it. Well, it wasn't in an inappropriate spot, but it was in my shirt of my chest. So here I am. It's nighttime. I'm using my light, pointing down. The stranger's looking down my shirt <laughs> at this swollen, and he's like, oh, darling, that looks horrible. He goes, I'll tell you what, I've got this chew. And he's like, there's nothing better than taking some chew, the spit, after you've been chewing and putting it straight on that. It'll take that sting right away. And I just panicked. And I looked at him and I said, I'll chew it. I'll chew it. Give it to me. I'll put it in my mouth. Because I was like, I am not putting this man's spit anywhere on me. You were raising your hand. And he, and he goes, Darling, this is Copenhagen. If you're not used to that, it'll knock you flat on your behind. And, and he also was like, that'll make you drunk. Yes. And I said, uh, I said, no, no, really. And then I don't know whose idea it was, but we decided instead to take the chew and make a little packet. Um, with water. Like with a paper towel. And water. And then wet it down. Yeah. And then I like taped it to that area. And by then, who knows if it actually helped. But um, it was an event. It is something that I will never yeah, forget, and it hilarious. created great panic in me. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, when you're camping, you meet all kinds of people, even people who are willing to spit on you to take your pain away. That's right. They are very kind. We're glad that we ran across them. So we're going to wrap things up for today, and we'll continue our trip um, in our fourth episode, and we'll start things off in Shenandoah, National Park. Thanks for listening, and you can also check out my blog at thattripdidn'tsuck.com.
as a cave on the mountain side. I'd seek it out till the day I Silence, I heard.